The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Bart Walker. Good morning to you. Welcome into the Action Line from WGNS. This morning we are focusing on law and order here in the heart of Tennessee. And we encourage you to share your thoughts, but we also encourage you to focus Murfreesboro. Uh, We're not going to be taking calls about law and order in Smyrna and Eagleville, places like that. Uh, Our visitors today are strictly here in Murfreesboro. 615-893-1450, 615-893-1450, 615-893-1450, 615-893-1450. Lieutenant Clayton Williams is one of our guests this morning. Clayton, good morning to you. Uh, good morning, Mark. Good to have you with us today. Thanks. And you brought uh, Lieutenant James Abbott with you also. I have, and uh, Chief Bowen will be joining us just shortly. Good. Well, we'll, we'll keep the uh, party. Well, there oh, he is. There he Walked is. Walked right in. <laughs> <laughs> our number is 615 893-1450. Chief Bowen, good morning to you. How good, are you? Good morning. Good to have you with us today. Thank you. Let me ask you this. We have a, a question right off the bat. A listener is asking us about uh, they're seeing traffic problems continue. Uh, they're seeing issues of people taking uh, things out of cars at night and what have you. Uh, is this going to con- is this still a problem in Murfreesboro as it has been, or does it look like it's slacking off any? Well, the, two there's two parts of that question there. The the traffic issue, I think, uh, you know, if if when we got our back at 2020 census numbers, I don't think it was any surprise the numbers of population increase that we had experienced over the last couple of years and. Um, I would say even since then, that number has probably changed drastically. Um, we see it, I'm sure other people see it, that they run into in the community who have moved here from either other parts of the state or other parts of the country. And, um, you know, just look at the housing market and you can kind of tell how fast we're growing. So um, that's one of those, uh, I guess, pains of growth uh, with traffic and uh, people, you know, commuting, getting to schools, things like that. So I don't... I don't know if that's anything that uh, we're going to see go away anytime soon as long as we keep increasing population. Uh, on the theft issues uh, from cars especially, we are seeing that still trend. Um, and I'm going to uh, I'll let James add anything he wants to, but it's, I will say this. The majority, I would say overwhelmingly, that we are seeing are still these uh, thefts from cars are coming from unlocked vehicles. Um, and that is just something that's really making that difficult for us to to thwart so um i'll uh, ask uh, lieutenant abbott and chief if they want to add anything about that yeah uh, bart uh, last budget year we did uh, uh recognize the uh need to add or additional resources for traffic enforcement mm-hmm. so what you saw is uh and we're still in the preliminary stages of this uh, as far as developing a uh, traffic unit 
to basically just handle traffic complaints and of course investigate action accidents things of that nature and one of the goals of that unit is not to just uh, do 8 to 4 30 type enforcement was to expand our hours and uh, the days that we enforce these uh, traffic laws because it's becoming uh, challenging and uh, we do receive a lot of complaints on that so uh, we are definitely going to put some more resources on it and then we're going to make it easier at, uh, for people to uh, report uh, traffic complaints in their particular neighborhoods or areas of town to where we can uh, make sure that we're making best use of those resources and we're putting them in areas where they're needed versus just being in places where we don't see uh, a lot of complaints. Lieutenant Abbott, uh, what about your thoughts on that? Well, you know, I can't really speak to the traffic uh, enforcement issues, but I can speak to the, the theft of the vehicles uh, and the burglary of vehicles that we're seeing. That, that trend is continuing. Uh, again, it is important that people lock their door, lock their car doors, and please take their fobs with them. Uh, this is a trend we're seeing nationwide, though. This is not just something exclusive to Murfreesboro. Uh, I can say that we've done, uh, our department has done an excellent job, our criminal investigation division, as far as identifying and our patrol division, identifying a lot of these individuals. Uh, many of these individuals are, are are, I hate to say it, continuous repeat offenders. They, we arrest them, they get back out, they continue to do it again. Uh, many of them are juveniles. Uh, and I say many, I, I really, there's a very, just a very small group that we believe are, are responsible for the majority of these crimes. We have a, another question. This one is dealing with news out of Knoxville, Tennessee, where their police department is not responding any longer, I believe, to uh, non-serious uh, motor vehicle accidents uh, as a way to reduce, I guess, the number of calls. Mm -hmm. Does that look like something, I mean, we're, we're growing uh, and we're not too far away. We've talked about this from the population of Knox County. Is that in our future as well? We haven't discussed that. Uh, uh, I can't think of any discussions that we've had on that. So. Uh, as of now, it's not on our radar as far as uh, uh, not providing that service. Is that a trend that is happening in other places, or is Knoxville the lone wolf on that one? No, you see it in other places, but uh, a lot of times, uh, yeah, you see it in uh, larger cities, but uh, uh, Knoxville, I, I had not heard that about them. And like I said, I think it all depends on the city, certain call loads, the priorities in that particular city. I mean, there's a lot of factors that go into probably making a decision like that. We're not there yet. And, you know, one of the biggest challenges uh, investigating accidents, you never know if you have a DUI at the wreck or anything like that. So uh, our, our position right now is it's always best if you can have a patrol car go by there, make sure there aren't any violations or anything that we need to look at. It's, uh, it's, it's, I think it's best for the citizens if we still approach it that way. Not to say that it could ever change, but uh, right now it's, it's not been a uh, topic of discussion. It seems like we've heard you say at different times on the radio that one of the great services is having a lot of patrol cars visible and the visibility of the patrol cars keeps people from speeding as much. It keeps them from doing things they should not be doing. Right, right. And I think Knoxville and every city is facing the challenges as far as hiring law enforcement and uh, priorities for uh, every city is different. And they may have some things uh, in their city that, that are uh, or the basis of that decision so uh, I'm ignorant on the basis of that so uh, yeah, it's news to me 
Our f- well, that's what WGNS mm-hmm. is for. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Six one five eight nine three fourteen fifty is our number. Here's a listener who says, maybe it's the ring doorbells, but I seem to uh, always be seeing on the ring doorbell news pictures of people walking through yards at all hours of the early morning. Right. Is this an increase, or is it just because we have uh, so many surveillance cameras? I think a lot of it is that you have so many surveillance cameras nowadays and and being able to share that information, it's so easy nowadays. You know, if there's a particular incident uh, going on in the neighborhood, if you hear a crime in your particular neighborhood and you have a ring device, look at it. And if you see something that you think we may be interested in, uh, we'd be uh, glad for you to share it with us. But I I think a lot of it is just the technology, the accessibility uh, to uh, all these security type devices. and you're seeing more and more people post uh, particular things. I saw one uh, close relative at an apartment complex, somebody picking up a package, and uh, it's just out there everywhere now. And it's people are being seen in the act right. of committing crimes. Yes. So it's sort of hard to say I didn't do that, and there you are doing it. <laughs> right, right, and it's it's and like I said, uh, it's important that uh, you know if you ever have any information or if you ever see anything questionable send it to us uh, we'll be glad to look at it. we have analysts we have people that can re- review it and uh, if there's anything to be uh, concerned with it with the video uh, we'll, uh, we'll address it uh, speaking of uh, viewing things and these pictures are usually pretty clean right uh, pretty clear uh, but if they are not clear I know on the TV shows the police are always able to miraculously make things <laughs> clearer uh, can you do that is that for real uh, to be honest, uh, no, no, it's it's not. Now, I mean, we've cleaned up some before. We've we've used outside resources to clean up video. Uh, matter of fact, I've used Middle Tennessee State University in the past to to help us assist in cleaning up a video. But overall, the the, the quality is still very poor. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, I wish what I saw on CSI was really true, but a lot of the stuff. Um, you know, we don't get DNA back in an hour, and we don't get fingerprints back in an hour, and things of that nature. And um, and video surveillance is is definitely not not the quality that you see on on television. Now, if it's a special case, of, for example, this tragedy that occurred over the weekend in Memphis with the young lady out jogging, they did get. DNA results back on sandals that were found near some cell phones. I don't know how quickly they got it back, but it was in the in that day or the next day. Yeah, yeah they they can put a rush on it and and they can get it done within about 24 48 hours. We've had them do that for us before in cases. Now is that through the TBI or who does yes, that? We use the Tennessee Bureau of Investigations Crime Lab. And so they have uh, the ability of of doing what we see on TV. That's correct. The, what They don't have the ability like to enhance video and things of that nature. Uh, and there's a lot of lab testing that goes into DNA processing. Like I said, it's not going to, it's going to be more than just an hour, but they can usually, if there is a rush on it, that we have a situation and we've had a case like that before, uh, they can do the, they can do the DNA within about 24 to 48 hours. They can get us results back. Now, with the new Murfreesboro Police Department headquarters, you have some pretty phenomenal uh, abilities over there. Uh, Do you think that we're that far away from really being able to uh, do our own fingerprint work, uh, DNA work, things of that sort? 
We do our own fingerprint work now, and we have uh, the APHIS system, which we can actually enter our fingerprints in and compare them to the TBI system. The thing is, is that when you do um, something like fingerprints, or we also have the National Integrated Ballistic Imaging System, NIBIN, and whenever we do NIBIN, our folks are trained on the entry portion and, and collecting and, and analyze, or processing it and doing the entry. But the problem is when we get into uh, specifics like that, like DNA testing or actually comparison, comparing the actual shell casings to the gun used, uh, we can input that into the database. But we don't have the personnel trained to actually do the uh, confirmation, what we call confirmation testing. And, and one of the reasons why we don't and so many other departments don't, um, you may see it in your larger departments, Metro does. Um, but one of the reasons why a lot of departments like ourselves don't have anything like this is the expense. I mean, it takes for a firearms analyst, for a firearms analyst, someone who's certified to be a firearms analyst to make those comparisons, it takes a year of training. They also have to work under an actual certified firearms analyst for that year. So we're talking about, and, and when we look at those, when you have to, you have to kind of look at cost, and so you kind of go, okay, TBI is going to be more efficient for us. And, and TBI is one of those cases where I can call TBI and say, hey, look, we've got a case here where, you know, such as the situation in Memphis or the one we had here uh, so a few years ago, and I can get on the phone with TBI and they can put a rush on it. So it's not like we are, we're missing out, you know, by not having, uh, because they, do, they are that resource that we can put a rush on things. But again, the training, the amount of years that they, to even be someone certified in, in those fields, uh, it's, a lot of, it's a lot of work and, and expense. Now, when you talk about staff, staff is money. Uh, and so when you call TBI for a rush job on something, uh, do they charge you? And do you keep a running record uh, like a business would on a particular crime, and this crime uh, has cost tax taxpayers, you know, so much money. No, TBI actually uh, um, will um, do it for us. For for I mean, they're they're state funded, so TBI will do it irregardless, and they don't charge us anything for uh, because they are funded by the state. Okay, okay. Well, that's good to hear that because I just visioned all of a sudden all these expenses adding up for each crime they do and that asking for those rush jobs typically uh those aren't frequent requests but no. they're uh, based on uh, priority cases so it's something that we don't do all the time but it's a uh, if you have a, a case where you really need to get movement on that's typically where you'll see us do that and video uh going back to video and your questions on video it's it's so complicated uh in processing video you've got so many different players out there you know if we get a copy of a video would we get different results by uh, looking at the original of the video, you know, what type of files are we given? So it's it's pretty complicated. I can tell you this, that uh, uh, two of the positions that we'll be hiring uh, this year will be uh, people that do video work, and that'll be their primary focus. Uh, last Thursday, we did get the uh, body cameras uh, approved by council, so hopefully uh, we'll have those rolling out in November. So there's going to be a lot, a lot of work at our agency involving video and being able to uh, uh, provide video for certain crimes, certain cases, things.
things like that. So it's 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 pretty interesting when you look at the details. And I know there's some video experts out there, but it's a uh, it, uh, it it can get pretty complicated. And uh, we're fortunate to be able to I think to have gotten one of the better systems out there, and and hopefully we'll be able to bring some staff in to help us manage that. So your ability to get body cameras has been approved, yes. and your source of where you're getting them, they have the inventory so you can get them. Right, right. Uh, that, so. That's pretty unusual these days. I mean, uh, it's it's difficult sometimes to get large orders right? because the supplies usually are not there in any field. Right, and uh, like I said, our target uh, uh, to start rolling them out will be around that uh, uh, first part of November. And I know that I've been asked about video cameras and body cams and things like that before on the show. And... Uh, uh, it's been a long process, but I think that uh, when it comes to the end result, I think we wind up in a good place and are uh, going to have a good product. How many are going to be in that first order? How many so, cameras? So basically, uh, our proposal was for 300 body cams and uh, around 200 in-car cams. So we're looking at getting delivery on the body cams pretty immediate and then of course the uh, in-car cams will, will be spaced out over time uh, probably going into going into the spring but we don't anticipate any delays on the actual body cams are the in-car cams different from what you had been using I mean, because you've had those, haven't you? We've had them. Uh, the important uh, part of this, uh, uh, what we were trying to accomplish, was having an integrated system. And uh, by going the route that we did, we will have a, the ability to have an integrated system versus having two different uh, uh, manufacturers, two different products, two different uh, back-end clients to be able to, uh, to have to go back and uh, look at if you wanted to retrieve video. And plus, you know, one of the biggest things, though, when it comes to video systems is you know we, we've got to tell our officers to use it when they're when they're actually going out on calls and that's challenging because you want them to be able to be focused on what they're dealing with when they get out of their car so uh, a lot of the things that were things that they had to manually think about uh, when getting out of the car as far as turn on the system things like that a lot of that'll be automatic now so that they can focus on on the situation that they're dealing with and not have to worry about going through all these other steps so it, it's 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 a good process so you basically will have two cameras then, the one on the dashboard, maybe you can trigger that by the siren being on, blue lights on, whatever, and then uh, right. when they get out, the camera is on the body and goes right up to the car window. Right, so basically your body cam will act as your microphone for the in-car camera, so once it's on and your in-car is on, it'll act as your microphone, whereas now, if we didn't make that change to and kept with our current manufacturer, they'd have to worry about it. Um, a mic that they wear that they wear on their belt in addition to the body cam but right now it's integrated they turn on their blue lights they open a car door it'll automatically kick on they they walk up to somebody with a camera that's on it'll trigger their camera and turn on as well so and again when do you think you'll get that first order uh looking at the first week of november uh, and don't anticipate any delays on that so christmas coming early <laughs> <laughs> our phone number is 615 893 1450, we're going to pause for a moment. We'll be right back. We're talking law and order and uh, some big things happening here in Murfreesboro with the Murfreesboro Police Department. Stay with us. The GNS and our call stands for Good Neighbor Station. That's been our objective since 1947. WTNS, AM, FM, and online. 
Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas's Family Restaurants. Do you know somebody who has moved far away and is missing eating at Demas's? Well, Demas's Family Restaurants now offers many of our sauces and some of our food, such as pot roast and soup, to be shipped all across the nation. It's very simple. You just go to demasfamilykitchen.com and you can send an order to anybody as a gift all across this nation. You can send an order to anybody. Go to demasfamilykitchen.com Come by our store, Music World and Drummer's Den. We're a full-line music instrument store with well over 5,000 square feet packed with great instruments in every category. In guitars, we're your local dealer for the two top acoustic guitar brands in the world, Martin and Taylor. We've got the best selection and prices anywhere in the state of Tennessee on these. This is Dave Kivanemi at Music World and Drummer's Den in Murfreesboro, 2762 South Church Street, across from Indian Hills Golf Course. Dak Prescott here. Why do I choose proven quality sleep from Sleep Number? Because better sleep elevates my game. Only my Sleep Number 360 smart bed helps me fall asleep faster, keeps me cool, and effortlessly adjusts for my best sleep. The result? 28 minutes more restful sleep a night. That's more focus, more edge, and more highlights. And that means more wins for all of us. Don't miss the final days of the biggest sale of the year. Save 50% on the Sleep Number 360 limited edition smart bed. Ends Monday. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the NFL. Man, Good I still slept. New Z-Quil Pure Z's Restorative Herbal Sleep is made for people who are tired of being tired. I've never slept like this before. I've never woken up like this before. A melatonin-free sleep aid made with a botanical blend that contains clinically studied and effective valerian root, hops, and passionflower, shown to help promote better restorative sleep. Z-Quil Pure Z's Restorative Herbal Sleep. Sleep this good. Feel this good. Available at retailers near you. Good morning. Still a steady flow of traffic continues on 24 towards Nashville up through the Hickory Hollow area. Nothing too unusual. Just busy up through there. Everybody get there at the same time trying to squeeze through Antioch. Traffic still looking good. 840 out here with the exception of some radar, uh, especially over in the Franklin area. Hey, Ripley's is hiring for all 10 attractions. Log on to Ripley's.com. I'm Commander Chuck. You're on time traffic. Few spotty showers and thunderstorms here early this afternoon. Otherwise, a blend of clouds and sunshine develops a high in the mid-80s. And for tonight, mostly clear, a low near 60. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 70. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street. Did you know we specialize in commercial and fleet business? We're equipped to handle all of your company's automotive needs. Download our Tire World app today for free oil changes and electronic coupons. Come by today for all of your automotive needs. Online at tireworld.us. If you want to talk sports, you want to talk local, you want to talk with Monty Hill Jr. and Tim Tackett, it's all sports talk. Weekdays at 5 on WGNS. Welcome back. We are talking law and order this morning. Chief Michael Bowen is our guest, Lieutenant James Abbott and Lieutenant Clayton Williams. Between these three strong minds, we've got answers to whatever question you might have. Oh, that's scary, Bart. <laughs> 615-893-1450. Big news, though. That's great news about the body cameras uh, will be out around November, early November. So uh, a whole uh, the, moving into the next generation. And I guess really, uh, and this is not a dead issue by any stretch of the imagination, there was talk about joining with Middle Tennessee State University to have a 
forensic lab and program at the university, extending the university's already uh, program and uh, making it something that could be used locally with uh, coroner's locations there and things of that sort. Uh, I understand that's still, uh, still a possibility. I think the county is still uh, researching that. I know you, you know they've recently had a elections and a, you know some leadership changes. Uh, I, I had a conversation with one of the um, EMS supervisors, and they said you know it's still kind of up in the air right now, um, and kind of remains to be seen if uh, with this new administration if that's still something they want to pursue or not. So um, yeah, that's kind. I think the county's really leading the charge on that. And I guess that would help the sheriff's office more, not because they have more uh, need of forensic studies, but uh, they also, I think, would put their dispatch unit there or something of that sort, put some of their offices uh, there. Yeah, and I, I don't know specifically. I know they're kind of, I know they're tight for space right now. So, I mean, yeah, if the county were to obtain another, you know, facility, I'm sure that's something that they might explore. How much of a need is there? Uh, there was conversation about we only had, I think, three or four drawers, is what they call these, in which to put uh, deceased persons. Uh, and obviously, with the population growing the way it is, we need more than that. This would allow us to have more than that. Right. And. Excuse me. Uh, right, and you know a lot of those are the duties and responsibilities on the county level, so we don't know the intricate details on a lot of that. Uh, but uh, my understanding that uh, that there were discussions. I think when they looked at the state for our building about uh, increasing their capacity on a lot of those uh, on a lot of those things. So. Um, as far as having recent discussions or being in the loop on anything of, uh, of that nature here recently, I haven't been part of it, and I don't think uh, either of these two guys have either. No. So. Well, let's look at some other areas that uh, we are needing help in. Uh, with the body cameras, that's going to open up a whole new area of service. Uh, is that something that is going to have some uh, far-reaching ramifications that we don't even realize right now. Maybe you realize it, but uh, the average person on the streets may not know what that will do for us. It changes uh, It changes our operation in some ways. Uh, I think most people probably don't know that uh, you know since the 90s we've had in-car camera systems so we've been managing video from for our, from our officers for quite some time now uh, now we'll just have a uh, do different two different sources for that video of course we'll probably change some ways that we uh, look at uh, uh, you know what incidents to record what not to record uh, we'll probably reevaluate that and the anticipation is you know you'll just now have two sources for that information and then uh, which will hopefully give you a, a, a broad uh, broad look at what happens at a particular scene. So you'll have the in-car view, you'll have the actual body uh, camera view. If the officer has to leave, like on a traffic stop, if he has to leave the area of the in-car camera view, you'll be capturing it on his body cam. So uh, the big thing, the big challenge for us is will just be the volume of, of, of video that we have to manage and of course uh, we did a, a budget for two positions that will manage the video for us. So. How long do you have to save this video 
is it forever or it depends it just depends uh, yeah. some video you can uh, basically you try to base your policies uh, on, uh, on on sound judgment uh, video that's uh, just you walking to your car in the back parking lot after a shift we can you know we can put a reduced time on that whereas something that's evidentiary you'd have to you'd have to keep a very long time and then there's other video where you may or may not need it you may want to keep it for a year or more just to to make sure that it's not needed at some point so different levels of video or different types of video will have different levels for retention uh, here's a question from a listener who's asking how important is drone surveillance these days? Is the Murfreesboro Police Department using it more? We don't use drone surveillance. Uh, so that's, that's not, a, okay. not a big deal. Yeah, that's, I mean, it, there's, there's clear established statute on that. Uh, I mean, law enforcement's not allowed to just run blanket, it, it does, not just for Murfreesboro, but in the entire state. You can't just run blanket surveillance of, of drones. We have privacy issues. Um, you know, uh, we've looked at that technology. I know for using some of our investigating crash scenes um, and uh, some other very special niche things. But uh, yeah, we don't missing persons, uh, something like that. Now we do we do have uh, uh, smaller drones that we can send inside a residence, say for a barricade or something like that. Uh, uh, we do have those capabilities, but for just uh, general surveillance, we just do those fly or they come in like a little tank or something. They fly. They fly. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And they can be used in conjunction with our. Uh, we have a, uh, a, a, lack of better term, a robot that we can send to into uh, places and try to make contact with individuals that are, are barricaded or some other situations. And then uh, a lot of times, if that, uh, uh, if we face challenges using that, then you can use like a, a drone that you can send into a house to try and make contact with somebody. Here's another question, and this was, I guess, from reading this one, it looks like it was uh, born out of, of these past two questions we've had. This person's asking about license plate readers. Uh, they hear so many things about the good that they're doing, the arrest that are coming out of having uh, license plate readers. What is all the controversy about reasons not to have them? I think the big thing is just the uh, the the fact that a government uh, entity has a database. Uh, uh, just keep in mind that that stuff is not kept for long term. Uh, it's pretty short term as far as how long that information retained. And what you'll see is, and you'll see it in Middle Tennessee, you'll see it in a lot of areas, it has, LPR technology has been very effective in, com in combating crime. It has been uh, probably one of the leading technologies as far as uh, help uh, deal with crime issues. So it's something that we don't have in quantity right now, but it's something that uh, uh, we will continue to work towards. I know that uh, as we uh, try to develop a, a for lack of better terms, uh, most agencies call them a real-time crime center where all that information's uh, fed into one central location where your analysts can look at it and they can retrieve information as you need it. Uh, that is a goal of ours that uh, we, we, we want to obtain that uh, uh, someday and we've actually uh, have uh, proposals and, uh, and uh, items submitted. Uh, it's just a matter of taking it before council and uh, trying to uh, get approval. I guess in reality, when you stop and think about some of these crimes that are committed, whether it's a bank robbery or 
a shooting or whatever it might be, uh, the person who commits that crime is not going to be thinking ahead of everything that they might do wrong so they can cover it up before it happens. So they don't realize that maybe their license plate is uh, taken a picture of that through surveillance footage or something of that sort. Right, right. And there's a distinction. We've had uh, LPR technology on vehicles before. So the LPR technology for vehicles isn't new for us. Uh, and you the, used to have several cars with it, didn't you? Right, right, and, 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 and future cars will have it. Uh, the, the big project for us is getting the uh, street-mounted type LPR systems to where we have them mounted on the roadways that, uh, that are, are fixed in place type uh, systems and that's what that's what we're working towards now so the vehicle's always been there we'll we'll continue to have that technology and then when we uh, look at uh, developing the crime center or, or building on it you'll look at uh, uh, fixed cameras and you'll look at fixed LPR systems on the roadways out of curiosity do the people who are complaining about these uh, cameras are, are they complaining about the fixed ones as well as the ones on the cars, or I, do they just? I think it's just in general, and I think that uh, I I think people are sensitive about information, and that's that's understandable. I get it. I totally get it. And I think anybody that sees this type of technology in play, especially by uh, law enforcement, they just want to be confident that it's used for for legit purposes and that it's something that uh, is not going to be uh, mistreated, abused, and that's why it's uh, our challenge is to make sure that we put a product out there and put policies and procedures in place to where people can have confidence that, that this is being utilized, utilized properly and that, that we're doing the right things with this information. Here's another question. This one's uh, dealing with our days getting shorter and getting darker soon. Uh, does this often bring an increase in home break-ins and things of that sort uh, since we have more dark hours and uh, they're wondering what can they do to reduce their risk well I'll be honest uh, actually during those during the winter months uh, we see a lot of we see a reduction and I won't say a great reduction but we actually see a reduction in crime during the winter cold months. weather I guess. cold weather keeps people inside you know um, also, uh, another reason why during the fall and, and winter months that we see a decrease in crime is children or juveniles are in school um, because a lot of these crimes that are being committed, uh, you know, right now I would say probably out of the small group of individuals that we believe are responsible for so many uh, of these auto burglaries and auto thefts, um, what we have seen is that a lot of them are juveniles. So it is very important to, um, to understand that and understand that when they're in school, they're not uh, out here committing crimes. Um, and again, also, like I said, I go back to winter months kind of keep people inside, keeps people uh, at home. And so there's not as much of those types of crimes. Okay, so uh, we may be moving into a safer period of time. <laughs> we, we, like I said, it, we see a reduction in those in those property type crimes during those types of months. Uh, we even see in some 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 situations we also see violent crime reduced in those during those months, uh, except for usually November and December. And when I say we see maybe an uptick in violent crime, I don't mean the the type of crime that we're you know people are. Um, somebody who stranger on stranger type violent crime we see an uptick during those periods because that's also the holiday period 
and unfortunately a lot of times families get together and sometimes families don't get along so we'll see an increase sometimes in domestics during those during the winter months is there anything that we can do to reduce some of those problems uh, I, I know we talk about it as we get toward Christmas season. We've never talked about domestics, but we've talked about safety and shopping, things of that sort. But should we can expand it to include domestics? Is that a, a major problem? Uh, we, the department itself, responds to domestic assaults daily. Um, that is an issue. Uh, you know, part of the problem we have with domestics and domestic assaults in general is this is oftentimes between husband wife or uh, loved ones and most people don't stay angry at at the loved one very long and so what happens is we will make an arrest we will investigate it and um, it gets into the court system and then they've they've made up they've come back together and so all the courts can really do is kind of try to ensure there's some protections that this won't happen again. But unfortunately, sometimes these do happen again. Um, and so we do see on the domestic side, I mean, that is an issue sometimes uh, with, you know, how things handle or, or break down in, the, in, in court uh, as far as them coming back together and wanting to resolve things. Very good. Our phone number is 615-893-1450. If you have a question or a comment this morning, dial quickly, 615-893-1450. We will be back in just a moment and continue the conversation. Stay with us. It'll be our final segment. So, again, if you have a question, don't wait any longer because the show is uh, in the final part. Join me, America's career coach, Ken Coleman, weekdays live at noon here on News Radio WGNS for practical advice to help you discover the work you were born to do. The Ducks are coming back to the Borough Beach. The Great Duck Chase will be held Saturday, September 17th at 10 a.m. The Great Chase passionately helps local families whose children are battling life-limiting illnesses. Adopt a duck and help a child. It's a fun-filled family event. Visit thegreatchase.org to adopt your ducks today. What were you doing 25 years ago? Jenny May and Dr. Carl Adams dreamed of a beautiful tree-filled campus for senior citizens. On Friday, September 16th, that dream celebrates 25 years. Come to Adams Place and enjoy games for kids and adults, entertainment and food trucks. It's free, Friday, September 16th at Adams Place. 1927 Memorial Boulevard, across from Walmart. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, capstarbank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Good Neighbor Talk covers issues you won't hear anywhere else. They're local issues. WTNS, AM, FM, online. Welcome back. Our phone number is 
1450, we're talking law and order. And it yes. was uh, brought up during our break about how people are worrying about uh, being videoed uh, with, with these license plate readers and what have you. Uh, but it was brought up that with all of these ring phones and with the surveillance cameras uh, that are in stores and what have you, you're, you're being <laughs> videoed everywhere you go nowadays. Uh, not, probably not as much as the TV shows uh, <laughs> indicate, but uh, even in a town like Murfreesboro, you're yeah. being videoed. Yeah, yeah. and like I said, we all uh, understand and respect everybody's uh, right to privacy. So uh, hopefully through laws, policies, and uh, uh, other means that we uh, ensure that we're doing uh, what we need to do to get the information that uh, we need to solve case and uh, ensure that everybody uh, has their uh, right to privacy. And I think Clayton is fixing to. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, the, the data, you know, a lot of people worry about where that goes and what's used for, but the states requires that that be uh, removed. Anything collected is, is purged from the system after 90 days unless it's part of a criminal investigation. Uh, and that's on the law enforcement side. Now, there are some different regulations for commercial entities. I know if you've ever driven around and see some, uh, like a tow truck, for instance, you'll see them a lot of times with these cameras on them. They're collecting those as part of a commercial agreement. So that's something totally separate that we don't deal with. Um, but, yeah, unless it's uh, unless it's something that's part of a criminal investigation, 90 days, it, it's purged. Yeah. Good morning. You're on WGNS. How are you today? Fine. I just got a couple of questions. Okay. Uh, I saw a car the other day. The window tent on it was so dark. I couldn't see in it. The guy had a black piece of plexiglass over the license plate. I had my truck tent redone here a while back. First thing the guy asked me was, do you want it legal or illegal? It shouldn't be up to him or me either one. There ought to be a law that says uh, you can put this on your car and that's it. And there ought to be a website where he has to register when he puts it on your car and they got your name and uh, another thing too uh, I asked the cars running around Murfreesburg the dealers put their name plate on the back of the license plate and it covers up half the license plate and I'm sure y'all can't read what county they're from what year it is and I'm just wondering if uh, shouldn't be a law if they shouldn't be able able to do that what about that let's find out well your registration should be uh, clearly visible uh, so uh, there are laws that cover that and then uh, the covering the tags I in fact uh, uh, I saw one the other day uh, well, what he's talking about where people put the dark tint over the license plates and it makes them uh, uh, difficult to read or fail or if not impossible to read those you cannot have uh, things like that the window tent there is a current state law that uh, requires uh, uh, professional installers to uh, fix a sticker in the uh, driver's side window that says that, the, that that particular tent complies with the TCA. They're also supposed to give you a 
receipt that you can maintain in your glove box wherever you keep your paperwork that says that, that, that your window tent uh, complies with uh, state law. So as far as professional installers, those laws are in place. Now, uh, the challenge I think comes when you have uh, people that uh, privately install it and do it on their own as far as uh, uh, being able to tell whether or not that tent meets uh, uh, law requirements. So there's laws on the book. Unfortunately, it's like speeding other laws that uh, a lot of people do it anyway. And it's just a matter of uh, just hoping that at, at some point enforcement efforts that we catch those violators. And I think the other thing is I I don't know that there's a specific administrative agency that's tasked with compliance on those businesses. And that's not something that, that we can regulate. Um, so that might be a good question for um, your state um, authorities to ask about how they keep up with that. But the statute is written, as Chief mentioned there, that it's they have certain requirements and they are supposed to give you those uh, documentation and just let people know it. It, it is um, probable cause for law enforcement if your windows are out like that out of compliance uh, to make a stop, an investigative stop. So it's not something that you want to be troubled with if you acquire a used vehicle per se that's got a legal tent on it i know there's several reputable dealers here in town that do tenting work and you can take it by there and i'm sure they'll be glad to help you out with that good morning you're on wgns how are you today good morning hi i'm changing the subject okay what are the police doing about speeding in school zones okay speeding in schools yeah um we've actually uh, our task force that we partner with the sheriff's office uh, highway patrol i know the first week of school uh, they, those folks were out there uh, doing enforcement in specific school zone areas to target that issue and that's something that will continue ongoing uh, throughout the year um, and we encourage anybody if there's a particular issue that you see happening please call us 615-893-1311 and uh, it happens every morning in the school zones every morning which particular just, school zone are you referring black to fox. black fox black fox okay uh -huh. yeah that's something that we will definitely uh okay. share with our uh, I mean, they just you know you set up radar you catch two or three and they get a ticket and then they speed off they don't care y'all need to give them a ticket or something to make them choke you you can't uh, control the amount of it. Yeah, unfortunately, we don't set the fine amounts. Uh, um, well. I, I understand the, the, the passionate about that, and we are too, as far as safety goes with school zones. It's just, you know, they, those limits uh, have the tickets are set by the city court. Um, but we definitely will pass that on and make sure we'll get well, let them. Y'all do a great job, and thank you for your service. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you. That opens up another line uh, for your. Text or call 615-893-1450, and and that reminds us again we have not touched uh, heart we have that's the first time we've touched on the schools on this broadcast. Uh, we are in the school times. Uh, what is I, I was going through a school zone yesterday, and it was about 4:30, a little before five. I, no kids there, uh, no patrol person there. I think they left the, the light on accidentally. What do you do in a case like that? If the lights are on, you know, that's the first indication. But if, you know, a lot of times you'll see signs um, 
that say when children present. I don't know if ours are that way in the city, but you know, if it's obviously outside of school hours, be uh, you know, if it's a holiday or for some reason an in-service day and kids are out of school early, <clears throat> you know, if you can, we would not be actively out patrolling that times, and we would understand that as well. So. You know, look at the sign, and then you know, obviously, if it's outside of regular hours, by that, like you said, around five o'clock, school events are, are over. So just use good judgment on that. And, and please pick up the phone and call eight nine three one three one one. Tell the dispatcher, hey, this school light may have been left on. Would you send somebody uh, to check on it? Yeah, that, that's definitely let us know. Right. Uh, so. We that's what we're here for. We're here, we're neighbors. Yeah. Helping each other. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. So if you see something that you're questioning call yeah. and let somebody know don't just wonder if it was we have about a minute left in our broadcast uh anything that we need to touch on before we leave Clayton? um one event speaking of, of safety uh, coming up on september the 24th from nine until noon at mmc uh over on uh, garrison drive we're hosting a child passenger excuse me child safety seat checkpoint so uh, if you need assistance uh, want to check your installation of the car seat or find out more about if you're you know expecting a child about how to get that installed in the car properly we'll be there from nine to noon um, it'd be us and the sheriff's office working together at that now which mmc is that uh on garrison garrison okay because mm-hmm. they have more than one now yeah and <laughs> they can find that uh that information on our facebook page as well if they're interested very good september the 24th nine until noon mm-hmm. And once you are shown how to do it properly, uh, it makes it a whole lot easier. It does. And just some peace of mind. <clears throat> you know, so. Very definitely. Anything else? Well, we didn't want to run out of time too quickly there, yeah. but we want to say a special thank you to Murfreesboro Police Chief Michael Bowen, Lieutenant Clayton Williams, and Lieutenant James Abbott for joining us today and updating us on issues that make our community safer. Hey, hope all of you have a super rest of the day. Chip is next, right here on WGNS. We'll see you tomorrow.